1: You're listening to
0: the Sticks in the Six podcast. Here are your co-hosts, Andrew Forbes, Peter Barakini, and Alex Popsin.
1: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to episode 142 of Sticks in the Six, brought to you by the fine folks at the Indy House and the Hockey Podcast Network. Before we get jump into, it was a kind of a light week for the Maple Leafs uh, with the uh, Swedish trip. But uh, before we jump into all that fun stuff, let's throw it to you guys first. Peter, how are you doing this week, buddy?
0: Yeah, yeah, kind of kind of quiet because you know leading up to it, no games. They only play two games, and now it's kind of like the quiet law leading into the Thanksgiving uh, or the American Thanksgiving long weekend. And yeah, it's uh, been kind of quiet, but you know what? It is what it is with the scheduling, but so far I am good, you know, um, as, as you can tell, we're already decked out for Christmas already and we're already starting into the holiday baking. So we're getting, you know, a good supply of cookies and everything like that. So the sugar levels and everything is going up right now. So yeah, uh, like I said, Christmas time is always early at my place.
1: Hey, feel free to send me some of those cookies. Maybe I'll take a I'll take a full ten if you oh, want. But
0: buddy, buddy, we have cookies galore. I could I could you know FedEx them to you or like express <laughs> post it. I will have a bunch
2: left over. I'm telling you right now. There you go. There you go, Alex. How you doing, buddy? Doing good, man. Um, I got an opportunity this week that I never ever thought that I'd I'd, I'd say a sentence like this out loud. But I'm gonna be playing guitar for a country singer this week and uh we were talking uh earlier today forbes i'm going to be in your neck of the woods tomorrow right. um we're uh so my buddy i have a buddy down here in uh, niagara with me who's uh i i've i pl- i know him through the music scene uh my band's played a bunch of shows with his band down here and uh, in in our area and uh kitchener and stuff like that and uh you know, he approaches me a couple months ago and asks me if I want to play guitar for his country project. He's going to, he decided he wanted to try some playing some country music recording and stuff. And I've never been a huge country music guy when it comes to listening, but it's pretty, pretty damn fun to play. I can't lie. And so uh, he last minute uh, we recorded some songs and I, I played guitar on his songs and then last minute a couple days ago he reaches out and he's like hey I got an opportunity to p- open up some shows for an up and coming artist in uh, in Ontario she's from Uxbridge her name is uh, Robin Ottolini, and she apparently just toured with fucking Shania Twain so I mean little Canadian <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. a pretty that's a pretty I mean, it's- crazy degree of separation right there.
0: That's about am right? saying. Like if you're opening up for Shania Twain, I mean that's that's gotta be huge, right? So if I, if
2: I yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't <laughs> even imagine myself in that situation. But yeah, um, so that was kind of a last minute development this week, but I'm looking forward to getting out and playing some shows. It
1: should be fun. I'll tell you this. Beautiful. I grew up on uh, I grew up on country music, so like the Conway Twitties, the Dolly Partons, Tanya Tucker, all that kind of fun stuff. And
2: <laughs> Forbes, it sounds like you gotta bring all your co-workers on a field trip. That's right. That's yeah, I'm right. runners. I'm runners tomorrow.
1: Uh, I was gonna say Shania Twain, big big crush when I was like a ten year old boy. So there you that's, go.
2: It Should be a big crush when you're a thirty five year old man too. Are you thirty <laughs> five? Did I get the age right there? No,
1: yeah, I'm thirty five, buddy. I'm thirty five. I was worried yeah, yeah. I overshot for a second. I would have felt bad. Uh, that's all right. That's all right. I think the beard. The beard makes me look a little older. I had my uncle t- the other day tell me that he's like, um, you know, when, when are you gonna shave that thing off? You're looking like you're forty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I almost am <laughs> forty. Give me a break here, bud. But, but yeah. Anyways, boys, uh, not much to talk about this week. It was a little bit of a lighter week on the uh on the hockey front for the for the Maple Leafs. Um, but certainly we have uh the global series that we want to touch on and and King uh King William doing his thing in, in Sweden and really uh not letting us down in that live broadcast there, Peter. But um yeah. let's let's get right into it. Uh Leafs come home two and zero um some pretty close games some you know certainly some sweating throughout those uh those final few moments and uh Peter we'll throw it to you first what did you think of the uh, global series and and how the Maple Leafs did I mean in terms of like actual like
0: you know the actual event itself I thought it was phenomenal like especially with one of the big name hockey players from Sweden going over there and playing Living up to the hype. And even so, like Joel Eriksson, you know, Lucas Raymond, all uh, native uh, or natives from Sweden as well. They weren't short of, you know, putting their name into the basket of like, you know, being star-studded players. We saw Lucas Raymond score against the Maple Leafs. We saw Eriksson have an impact in that game with the Maple Leafs or against the Maple Leafs with the Wild And Yeah, I I thought overall it was a great job done. And you saw like the social media content from the Maple Leafs. It was all about Willie, Willie, Willie following him around, getting his takes on everything, the Swedish candies or like sweets and everything like that. The, you know, going on a talk show in a tank top. It was it like, it, it it was meant to be for him both on the ice and off the ice. And he just lived up to the hype. I mean, it was just absolutely great performance from Nylander. I mean, he basically was dominant in both games, taking control of every single shift. The first line or the second line was in on the scoring. It, on all three goals really the um, Red Wings and then Nylander takes control of the game winner after a great block shot by Morgan Riley and who else but William Nylander to um, secure the victories for or secure the, Maple, the the victories for the Maple Leafs or be a factor in both games so yeah great job by everyone all around and especially you know William Nylander too to carry everything or put everything on his back but yeah like you said some Tense or tense moments in regards to like, you know, coverage, defensive play awareness, still work in progress. But you know what, they came out with four points. And we said that, or even before that this is going to be a big road trip. Mission accomplished that they managed to get two wins
1: out of it. I'm not gonna lie. I thought you were calling William Nylander uh, Swedish candy. So I, I was Dull. gonna roll off. I mean, on for a I mean, is that, is that is that is that incorrect? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I no, mean, no. I mean, he is he is Swedish candy. He's he's pretty the, sweet. The back to back
0: media posts with the laser, <laughs> they're trying out the sweets and everything. With yeah, yeah. The the kex, um the salt candy or whatever, which was kind of funny to see their reactions. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. He. I mean, he, kind of a sweet guy,
1: regardless, right? Absolutely, absolutely, Alex. Uh, what were your thoughts on the global series? William Nylander, how the team looked?
2: Yeah, I mean Nylander uh, was was the star of the show. This guy is basically a celebrity who plays hockey for a living. Like it's you know, for like Peter said, from the uh, um, the, the taste testing Swedish candy to in between games hopping on a talk show with with some celebrities. Just buddy hops on. He's sitting on the show wearing a wearing a wife beater and a white white tank top and. A chain like you know he and he was just he's fielding questions from the media he's the he's under the spotlight the entire weekend there were like child reporters asking him questions and stuff you know it's just this guy is is a star honestly like in in every in every like definition of the word he's a star and i think that's something that's going to have to come up into consideration when we're talking about his extension which i know we don't want to talk about and we're not going to but you know when you talk about worrying about fitting Nylanders, having the money to pay him or whatever it's it's starting to look more and more like one of those situations where you just kind of have to fork out the money and pay him and then worry about it later because mm-hmm. his, his like the fact that there's just no thoughts only vibes in between his ears like he, you can't have a more perfect mindset for the Toronto market than that so i think it just it ultimately comes down to uh um it, it comes down to that and just the fact that he's he's just been a massive superstar the
1: entire time. I was gonna say, I'm glad you brought that up. Like I think I think this was a perfect uh look into who William Nylander is away from the rink and why he fits the Toronto market so well and why he has. I mean, guys, I, I'll be the first to admit when he first came in, when he was first selected, I was I was the Don Cherry of the group, where I was just like, (laughs) I can't fucking believe that they picked William Nylander. But I, I mean, I'm not saying he should. They should have gone after Nick Ritchie at the time. But I mean, I was, I was like, I was pretty shocked to say the least. Um, But now looking, looking back at it and seeing like what he's done, how productive he's been. Yeah, there's been the holdout, and and who knows what's going to happen with this contract extension. But um, just seeing how he handles himself in those moments with, with, you know, the hype is around him. And, and here he goes like end to end after let's not forget some big saves by Joe wall to to make that Mm -hmm. happen. And, and, and like, just lights the Swedish like Avicii rink up on, like it was on fire, man. And like, you could just see it, the reaction from his dad, even where he's like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. And like that, that says it all. Like even you're impressing former NHL players, with the way that you're playing you're impressing your dad with the way that you're playing i mean i don't think there's any question at least have to find a way to get it done and and like you said alex we're not going to talk about the extension right now but um let's get it done let's figure it out we'll, you know if if we tie up 55 million in four, five players i mean let's do it who cares Honestly, you're gonna, I, you're gonna I've been anyways. seeing the idea. I've been seeing the
2: idea floated around lately of just swapping Tavares and Nilanders AAVs. Like, why not just do that? Honestly, yeah. yeah. I mean, as you, you bring it, it back for six point nine million. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, the, you get the sense that even Tavares is probably he knows he's not going to earn more than what he's going to do. Yeah, on this current contract, you know he's probably going to take less. He seems like the kind of guy that would. He's on the back
1: nine, man. He's on exactly. the exactly
0: he's probably going to take that Ryan O'Reilly contract, maybe go down to four, 4.5. Hopefully, even if it's at five, I'll still take Johnny T at, you know, five mil. But yeah, I mean, I can't remember of a player who's thrived so much in a situation in a contract year that is playing to the standard that William Nylander has. I'm sure there have been instances, but it's been, I can't remember the last time that a guy has been doing this. He's been this consistent and just improving every single game. And you know what, for a guy that's, Again, like we've all had our criticisms of D-Lander in the past, but the fact that he's more complete right now and earning that big payday, honestly, you're not going to find another player like him at this point because he's playing that he wants to stick around here.
1: It's funny you you like we're all sitting here praising Nylander and he's going to have one game in the playoffs where he doesn't make a hit or backs off and everyone's going to be like what the fuck is wrong with this guy? <laughs> we're paying we million him. dollars for this? <laughs> yeah, but I no I agree. I think I think you got to find a way to, you know, mm-hmm. make it happen and and at the end of the day like um your stars are going to get paid. He's a guy that's going to go to the market especially with the year he's having. He's top 10 in scoring. He's gonna to, he's top five in scoring I think, uh, and he's gonna go out and he's gonna get paid on the free mar, free agent market. Like you got to find a way to get it done here, but um, yeah. Otherwise, I you know what the Leafs did in, in Sweden it was it was exactly what you need to do, especially knowing that you're coming back. You're gonna be a little jet lagged, and you know you get a couple of days to relax and, and kind of get back and into the groove of things. But to pick up four points is so important when you make when you do those global series. What were you guys' thoughts on uh, Austin Matthews mentioning Mexico City as a potential landing spot for the Global Series next year?
0: Um, I just find it very coincidental that he says it and the NHL is already pitching that idea right now. I mean, that. listen, you want to grow the game, you got to go to markets like they were trying to do with, you know, um, I mean, they were trying to do it with the uh, South Korean games in the Olympics, but, you know, NHL had to, you know, kibosh that. But, you know, going to a market like this where, you know, you have someone like Austin Matthews that wants to, like, grow that game there because of his heritage and his background. That's what you want. I think the only concern that you have is, you know, what type of arena are you going to have? Because it's not sure what, you know, how many arenas are in Mexico or what kind of, like, how many the seat capacity is going to be. I think that may be the only issue. But no matter what. If you can make it work, make it work because this is how you grow the game and you go beyond just the traditional North American uh, games, you know, European games. You want to extend everywhere right now. And that's what you want to do.
2: Boys, I'm about to drop some breaking news on six and the six. Not hockey related, not even related. Is it baseball related? It is baseball related. Peter Uh, Peter knows the notification. Yeah, yeah, we know. Peter knows what it is. Yeah, (laughs) we
0: actually talked about it before, so.
2: Oh, did you? Yeah, before you okay. came in. Wow, yeah. I'm
0: embarrassed. Okay,
2: never mind. No, no, no I just no. got, I just got the sports those net that notification. Don't For those now. That don't know, yeah, I guess, I guess I can't, I can't just back off of breaking yeah. the news now that you guys both know about it already. <laughs> Anyways, I at the time of getting this sports net notification, the New York Mets are hiring former Jays manager John Gibbons yeah. as their bench coach, which that is hurts. unreal. I love that. I At mean, Earth. I hate it. Be I, I, I wish the Jays would have brought him in as their bench coach, to be honest, or even their manager, yeah. to be honest. But uh, yeah, that's that's pretty funny.
1: Anyways, continue. Yeah, tough yeah. one, tough one to swallow. But boys, uh, we still love Gibby. Yeah, we 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 definitely love Gibby. Um, but uh, with with him on the bench now, guys, I think next year I might put a little money on them. And with that, let's jump over to a quick ad read from. Uh, the DraftKings. I hope you don't ever Draft put any Kings. money
2: on the Mets in any capacity,
1: <laughs> unless you're Bobby Bonilla, because they're paying you anyway. That's, so you yeah, that's true, yeah. Um, DraftKings <laughs> sportsbooks bet the action on the ice with DraftKings sportsbook right now. Hopefully tonight, you guys took the over on the Carolina Hurricanes, Edmonton Oilers game, and the Chicago Blackhawks, Columbus Blue Jackets game. Both sitting at three nothing uh, midway through the first periods in their respective games, so you can always take the, the overs there. Now at uh, over seven and a half at minus one ten. Uh, download the app now and use uh, code THPN. New customers get one hundred and fifty bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just five dollars on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org please play responsibly on behalf of boot hill casino and resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance cdkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources NHL and NHL shield are registered trademarks of the national hockey league copyright NHL 2023 all rights reserved. Well, with that boys, um, Let's talk a little uh, a little bit about the back end. There's been a lot of mystery around John Klingberg. Some are suggesting that he's already over at Robidaw Island. Um, Others, you know, are hoping that he comes back. But there has been some talk about a potential stint on the LTIR. Alex, your thoughts on the John Klingberg situation.
2: Yeah, it's 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 a tough situation because we've talked about Klingberg's struggles on this sh- on this show a decent amount and you hate to pile on the guy but it's obvious that things have not gone the way that things uh, they hoped they would have gone and to hear that he's got this this hip ailment that's been that's been plaguing him for a good chunk of his career I am sorry boys that is the worst time to get hiccups okay um <laughs> You know, considering the fact that the, these hip injuries have plagued him for a, the like the past couple of years, it sounds like um, you just you, you hate to see the the way that things have gone for him. And ultimately, you got to start thinking about uh, or he has to start thinking about life outside of hockey. And I know that term mostly applies for concussions. But, uh, you know, I think that in this scenario, it's it's an unfortunate it's an unfortunate to see because. You know, they brought him in under the expectation that he'd be able to contribute in an offensive role, and he wasn't able to do that. And, you know, to see him dealing with the injury now and what should have been a great trip for him because, you know, he's from Sweden. And the fact that he was over there and didn't barely got any media coverage or anything like that. And, you know, he, all we heard about him was that Keith said he struggled on the plane ride over there and back. Like, I, I, I you start feeling bad for the guy yeah. at a certain point. And I feel bad for him right now as much as the signing hasn't worked out. I mean, I hope that whatever the next step is, is the right one for him when it comes to his health. Because, uh, like, you know, like we always say about players who are battling injuries like this, like, it's not worth pushing through if it screws up your life after hockey, right? mm mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Peter, your thoughts on uh, John Klingberg, that situation, and what the Leafs can do on the back end?
0: Yeah, um, like Alex said, you know, you got to look out for your health first and foremost, and it, it just seems like everything compiled onto one, where he started off kind of on a good start, where he had like five assists in like a short amount of time, and then the lull kicked in where he wasn't playing well. And even De- uh, Darren Drager on TSN, um, believe it was Overdrive, too. He believed that it was during that game against the Florida Panthers where maybe he may have tweaked something. And then you start to notice everything later on, how you know his movement isn't all that great. And you start to get concerned because if this is something that has plagued him for a long time and he hasn't gotten the help to try and you know overcome this or heal up in like the uh, can't remember how many years it's been. I don't think we even know the timeline, but if it's been plaguing him for some time, you know, that, that is a concern if he's trying to play through that even before his time with Toronto. Um I it, it, like you get, again, you don't want to think of worst case scenario, but I'm thinking what if it gets to that level of Matt Murray, where um believe it was in a post by Nick Mart Nick Barden on November 20th, where Keith said that, you know, they're going to try to be a little bit more aggressive with treatment for him going forward. It's just taking a little bit longer for him to bounce back. At what point do you start to think that maybe treatment isn't the right necessary thing? Maybe you do need surgery and you need to go a little bit further and the timeline is going to be even longer where he's, instead of like, you know, three, four weeks, it could be months even. And that's where I'm a little bit concerned with that because you know the Maple Leaf signed him. He wanted to try and prove himself. It looked like that, and it's just not working out right now.
2: Boys, I have some more uh, two 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 more uh, forms of sticks in the six breaking news. It's not really breaking news, but more just live updates. updates. <laughs> the Edmonton Oilers are currently losing four nothing to the Hurricanes oh, in the God. first period. Yeah, thank, and there goes Connor McDavid on my fantasy team. Uh, can I just I just want to point out as well, minus the, uh, two. Let's go. They haven't tweeted the four nothing update yet. Or yeah, <laughs> yes they have. They just did. Twenty six likes, seventy nine replies. As as we see, oh my oh. god. And the you three. The, and the three <laughs> nothing goal has as of right now eighty likes, two hundred twenty seven replies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know no, it's
0: bad when like quotes and replies are getting most of the attention than an actual like
1: hey that's so, how bad it's gotten so tell me it was woodcroft that was the problem
0: yeah it was, it was oh it totally was wood, It was
2: clearly woodcroft
0: my but God, see here's the thing God. now that's for nothing would the oilers like to you know actually win for nothing
1: hey, no somebody put a fiver on it right now edmonton oilers to come back and win
2: I, I was trying to do that whole market, giving that giving money away. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, man! This is fucking. This is fucking amazing. And uh, then, I mean, sorry. I the other the other thing that I was going to bring up as well. Uh, when you get a chance, go look at the first NHL goal for Zach Benson. Okay. My is it a highlight reel. My god. It, reel? My god, was it beautiful? I'm
0: not going to be surprised because it is Zach Benson, and yeah. it was only a matter of time before he started to pop off. But I will definitely take a look at that goal because it probably would be jaw dropping.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, while we're on it, uh, just kind of going off that the whole talk about Klingberg, it makes you wonder how much it's you know contributed to him kind of having that fall from grace when he was that star offensive defenseman with Dallas, and and you know what it uh, how that plays plays a role with it. Oh my, that's sick. That's just sick. I just watched the Benson goal. That is mm-hmm. that's sick. Yeah. That's like. Imagine having the confidence
2: Woo. to do that before you've even scored in the NHL even once. Filthy.
1: Imagine being a Buffalo Sabres fan right now and knowing like the youth and the, the youth talent movement. that you have coming up.
2: I'm I'm happy. I'm happy for Sabres fans to be honest. Yeah. I, the majority. I well, to be honest, I like I said, I live in I live in Niagara, so the Sabres are just as much Niagara's team as the Leafs are. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so I know a decent amount of Sabres fans, and they, uh, yeah, they deserve that. It's been a, it's been a rough go for them.
1: Man, Lukanen, Levi, you got Owen Power. You have, um, you have Benson. You have middle who's still playing well. Matt Savoy, like, yeah, oh, it's, that's it's a, be a ridic- nasty ridiculous team. team. Yeah, Gary oh, Coolidge. Man. and oh.
0: also I'm just looking at back at back at this back right now. 13th overall there's no way in hell that benson should have dropped outside that top 10 if he's going to be pulling moves off like that and the ba- buffalo sabers are just laughing steel. all the steel. way right now yeah massive yeah. steal
1: was that a was that a uh christmas carol kind of reference laughing all the way oh
0: oh well, yeah yeah i guess i mean funny uh perfect timing or like a happy accident for that right
1: <laughs> coming from the christmas house itself. exactly <laughs> I make those quips even when I don't even realize it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's that's how in the uh in the Christmas spirit you are. Yep. Um, anyways, guys, coming off this Kling Klingberg information, um, obviously clean I know, I know you're gonna say that. <laughs> <Borg>. <laughs>
2: I held back.
1: I saw I saw the smirk. I saw the smirk. I'm like, you motherfucker. <laughs> I
2: for the record, I was gonna hold back. I was going to hold back. I didn't say, uh, I, I couldn't shit. help the smirk, but <laughs> everything's going on uh, on this episode. Oh my god. <laughs> my god, that was hilarious. I'm crying, man.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, anyways, boys, um we all know the conversation that's going on involving the um Calgary Flames, Nikita Zadorov, Chris Tanev. Do we get both? Do we just go for one? Which one is it going to be? So, I'm going to I'm going to put you both on the spot. Peter, you first. Zadorov or um, Tanev. And if you're going with Zadorov, I want to know what actually either way, I want to know what your package is.
0: Ooh, ooh. Okay. I'm, I say you go after both, but I think Zadorov is more of a priority right now, given how he requested that trade. Um, not necessarily don't know what's going to happen with the rest of the free agents for Calgary, but I assume Chris Tanev would, the flames would get a decent return for him no matter what. Um, I think Zadorov is more of a priority. If you can get Tanev in a big package deal, great. Uh, kill, uh, get What is it that Ricky, uh, Ricky from Trailer Park Boy says? Gets two birds stoned at once. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. A, yeah. Um, so if you could get both in that deal right now, I think automatically you're looking at, you know, there's been rumors that Nick Iberzezi could be that prospect going back because of his relationship or like being teammates with Matt Coronado. Yeah. Um, before, so they could renew that chemistry right there. So if he's a prospect going forward, you're probably looking at a first, a second, maybe a fourth and fifth as well. So maybe that fourth and fifth could be for Tanev and that maybe package of Averzezi, a first and a second could be for Zadorov. But if you're involving Zidor or you have a top tier prospect, maybe you could take away that first. And maybe if you involve John Klingberg with his contract, but then again, you don't know his injury situation. So there are a lot of variables up in the air right now, or something that I thought would be a decent trade proposal a week or so ago, before we found out about this, um, his injury could be a little bit different, but you're probably looking at, you know, maybe even a couple of youngsters too. Maybe you do throw in a Pontus Holmberg. Maybe you do throw in a Bobby McMahon, possibly as well as other names to, you know, try and build up that possible deal.
1: Alex, what are you? Uh, if you're if you're Brad Trillivan, what are you going after? And uh, are you going after both? Are you going big? What are you? What are you looking at?
2: I mean, you have to go big here. Uh, this is you know, this is the first time where I can confidently say that by the time April rolls around, I don't think the Leafs are going to need to add any decent name forwards. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think that as long, you know, it's a long season, but I think if their third line stays intact and Robertson actually plays a full season and nice keeps thriving on the top line and Bertuzzi, you know, picks it up. He's a second half player himself. Um, then I don't think that outside of maybe a fourth liner, like a depth forward at the deadline, I don't think the Leafs have any necessity to uh, trade for any forwards, So at that point I'm going big. And I think that Zdorov and Tanev both bring different elements. I think that Tanev is a lot like what Luke Shen was last year in that. I think mm-hmm. he could slide in alongside Morgan Riley, which would take some of the pressure off of TJ Brody and, you know, not make him play 28 minutes a night like he did with Jake McCabe in last year's playoffs. Excuse me. Um, So, you know, I just, I, I think that, given that Tanev has that ability and he can like, I I can see him sliding in seamlessly with Morgan Riley on that top pair. Um, Then you bring in Zadorov who's left-handed, but he's, you know, he's instantly would be their most physical defenseman. He's good at clearing the crease. And he has a weird amount of offense. He scored 14 goals last year, which is a little bit shocking. Um, But uh, they're two defensemen that provide two different needs. And uh, I think that if you're trusting your offense, which I think they should to get the job done, uh, you got to go big on defense. And I think uh, there's no better way to do that than by just packaging for both of those players. They have the assets to do it. So I heard of a
0: comparison like of teams that go all in for the playoffs. They add in those type of players like Isadorov and Atanev. And the, the best comparison was the Vegas Golden Knights, how they shored up their defense, where maybe you don't get a whole lot of offense, but you get those guys that are always tough as nails to play against. And I know they probably have you know, the forward depth up front that they had those necessary pieces anyways. But if you add in those two players right then and there, both can lay the boom. Both are physical. zadorf has maybe just a little bit more offensive upside with that shot and even the playmaking. But either way, you're set on the back end because those guys are tough to play against. So, yeah, that, that that's definitely something that needs to be done right away.
1: Yeah, no, I, I I agree with both of you. I think, I mean, one, if you're going to go for just one of them, I think Zadorov is younger, um, decent contract, has the numbers, has the physical, uh, wants to be out of Calgary. I think there's just there's too many things playing in that in that favor. Um, that said, I I think you go for both as well. I think the assets are there, and and as much as you like, I've always been one that gets attached to people within the like players within the system, and and you know get a little butthurt when you see like one of your favorite prospects dealt that being said like to win a cup you got to go out there and you got to you got to get rid of some of the assets to bring in the pieces that you need to to solidify your team going into the playoffs and and you guys said it if you get zador you get Tanov, all of a sudden your your decor is is shored up and and you know goaltending isn't as big of a talking point heading into the playoffs because now you've got this this Big lineup in front of them, and regardless if it's Samsonov, regardless if it's Wall, regardless if it's somebody else, you know they've got they've got guys that can clear the net and, and play physically in front of them. So, I think you know, I in an ideal world you go out and get both. I think otherwise the Leafs are, are you know, it's Tree Living brought Zadorov in. It's he wants him. I think he 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 sees what he can add to the team. Um, I'd be shocked if you don't see Zadorov in blue and white uh, by the end of the season, but um yeah uh otherwise easton cowan um from surprise first round pick to all of a sudden on canada's radar for the world junior championship alex um some people have him penciled in on the fourth line of the uh the final roster making the cuts what are your thoughts on easton cowan possibly playing at the world juniors every year
2: On Team Canada, it seems like there's one guy that starts out on the fourth line and then gets bumped up in the lineup and ends up being a huge part of the success. I think Callum could be that guy this year. Absolutely no bias. Um, You know, he's a, uh, he, he is a wicked player. And the step forward that he's taken this year, he's already over half of what, uh, sorry, he's already tallied over half of the points that he got last year in 52 less games. Mm-hmm. Like this guy is tearing it up. He's not he's just barely outside of the top 10 in OHL scoring, but he's also played five or six less games than anybody else on that list because he was with the Leafs on he was one of their last cuts in training camp. And I just think the guy's blue collar mentality and you know his his hound dog mentality as he likes to call it, the fact you know he's a hard worker, hard four checker. I just think that he's he's got what it takes to be an impact player for Team Canada, and I will I will f- happily eat my words. I was shocked when they drafted Cowan. I was a little confused. I you know there were other players on the board that I thought that for sure were going to be ranked higher than him, but uh, it's a little too early to say. But it does seem like maybe West Clark and his scouting staff knew something that other people didn't. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I still laugh at the fact that when I did release a, a prospects article, um, that uh, I said he'd he'd hit the century mark this year in points for the for the London Knights, and you know he's he's on pace to get 107. He's played far fewer games, and he's he's got the highest point uh, point per game average in the OHL right now among the top top 11 scorers. So um, you know, take that for what you will. But uh, I think this kid's got a hell of a lot of talent, and I I, I don't see why you, if you're candidate, you wouldn't be looking at him. Um, but Peter, what are, you, what are your thoughts on Easton Cow possibly uh, starring in the in the World Juniors this year?
0: Yeah, but not just him too, even Fraser Minton as well. There's a possibility that he could go, but yeah, I mean, um, huge opportunity for him. I don't know if he'll be that player that could move up in the lineup. I think that would only happen if it's just like an injury, because let's face it, Canada's going to be stacked up front no matter what. But if he does outplay another player and – that's just an opportunity for Cowan to move up to the third line, second line. Not sure if he's going to make it to the first line, but you know what? Middle six is definitely still a possibility. And this is a player that could do it all in any situation. Power play, penalty kill. I've seen him score some beautiful shorthanded markers or, you know, set up play shorthanded. He could be a very... um dynamic utility knife type of player for team Canada, where if you need energy, he's going to be out there. You need to get momentum and kill off a penalty and get some energy back right after that. He can do just that. And he's very dynamic, very crafty, but he plays with that pace and that intensity where maybe his size, I believe he's five eleven, one eighty-five. 11, um, Yeah. Just check that out right now on uh, elite prospects. That is true with his height and weight. But if he's able to still play with that, you know, with that stature and the way that he protects the puck well, that just seems like a type of player that will will do anything to win for Team Canada. And I think he's definitely got not necessarily a spot with his name on it, but he could definitely fight for one and win one over if he continues to play that he has so far.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, and uh, boys, uh, we're gonna we got one less one last talking point before we close it out for the week. But before we do, here's a quick word from our other sponsors over at the Hockey Podcast Network, Raycon. Not just headphones anymore, Raycon. Uh, it may be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. Why not take care of it now before the crowds and packed calendars make shopping a total nightmare especially when you can get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off because their early Black Friday sale is going on right now. You've heard me talk about Raycon's products before, like their everyday earbuds. Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like their everyday earbuds known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features like a 32-hour battery life and a perfect in-ear fit for all-day wear and lasting comfort. And this past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech. Their faucet filter ultra filters the water in your tap against chlorine and heavy metals. It's a must-have for ensuring the water you use to wash your face and brush your teeth is, you know, actually clean. Raycon is known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium tech brands. It's no wonder their products have racked up tens of thousands of five star reviews to get everyone in the holiday spirit, uh, shopping spirit a bit early. Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site with select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowds and save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry up now to buyraycon.com slash THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Well, boys, our last, uh, last little headline here before we close it out, we know it was a quiet week in Leafland. It's been anything but for the Edmonton Oilers all season long. And, they're journalists, they're the, the beat writers are, are making news again. Tim Peel is just man, I I, I tweeted this out. This has got to be one of the one of the craziest threads I've seen between a former referee and a journalist in recent memory. But uh Peter, I'm gonna throw it to you first. What did you think of this interaction between Frank Saravelli um, and Tim Peel?
0: Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, I made a little bit of a joke earlier. I'm like, maybe the Edmonton Oilers are like they'll win for nothing instead of losing for nothing because they were down for nothing. Um, in regards to that, but at the same time, I mean, I mean, we all know that that was that was probably like a dumb question to ask, right? Like, we all know that the Edmonton Oilers would want to win four-one. We know they want to win, but it's just not happening with the goaltending that they're getting. I I can understand why Connor's getting frustrated. I understand why Leon has been frustrated in the past with the type of questions because. You know, if you, if it's good to generate that kind of response from the player, maybe don't ask it. But then again, I also think that posting that, you know, interaction between the two with the DMs, it is, I, I, I kind of agree with Frank there. It's kind of like a little bit of class, like no class whatsoever. If it's a private message, it's a private message. You don't need to send it out there. But then again, it just seems like more controversy on top of that. But uh, yeah, I mean... Bit of everything with that whole entire debacle, really. I, I know a lot of a lot of people were popping in on that and weighing in, but uh, yeah, that, that's just my two cents there.
1: Alex, do you have anything you wanted to add to that?
2: Yeah, I didn't want to pick a side in that, to be honest. I, just, I don't really, I don't, I don't, I didn't really want to support either Mark Specter or Tim Peel. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, there were a couple things that stuck out to me. First of all, the one shred of credit I'll give to Specter is that. He basically called out Peel for being a shit ref, which I thought was funny. But at the same time, just the the, the thing that popped out at me more than anything else about that interaction was the victim mentality from Spectre. Mm -hmm. That guy, first of all, to message someone because of how angry you are, is first and foremost a sign of weakness. And then you move on from that, and move to the part where he's like, "I've been a I've been a very good read for ever, for many years of my career, or something like that." It's like, dude, if if long if longevity like, like I tweeted the other day, if longevity is your biggest claim to fame, like uh, like you you use the same yeah. thing when you talk about Steve Simmons, you know? Yeah, he's been doing it a long time.
1: Doesn't what mean else? He was good at it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So.
2: I just, I, I tend to notice that every, whether, whether it's a player or whether it's uh, a, a player being asked a stupid question or whether it's a fan on Twitter, whether it's another journalist or someone, it's Spectre, every single time someone makes it the slightest criticism about anything he writes, he, he lashes out and he says, I've been doing this for a long time. I know I'm good at my job. It's like, buddy, you know, you're good at your job. Then why do you have to fucking say it out loud so much? <laughs> Like, but even so like
0: do you like you said do you really need to pick a fight every single time like someone critiques you like how many times have we been critiqued or like we see the comments and we were like it's not even worth it at that point like why not just move on like that, that that's what I don't get
1: as soon as I saw it I knew I wanted to talk about it on here um one because of the whole specter dryicil incident that happened what was yeah. it last year um but the quote that you're talking about uh alex he wrote, been around it long enough to know a horse shit ref when I see one, Tim. I've been very good to read for my whole career, 35 years. Thanks for noticing. And Tim Peel wrote back, You've always been a fucking fraud, buddy. So, <laughs> which that made me <laughs> laugh too, right? Like, this is just the
2: best form of entertainment when it's like, I don't want either of them to win. I just want them to keep fighting. Yeah. So sit back, get the
1: popcorn. Yeah. Anyways, my, here's my take on it. One, you're you're an idiot for messaging something like that in in today's world because you know how easy it is to share something like that yep Mm -hmm. two peeler has been a complete shit show since he was caught with a hot mic so anything like he's become maybe one of the most opinionated people on twitter and doesn't back down from anybody so for specter to to write him you know you knew what you were getting into you you 100% knew if you've been around for 35 years you knew damn well what you were getting into the question itself absolutely was stupid mark spector knew that he knew what he was doing and he knew that he was just trying to get a quote and anybody who's been in journalism understands that he yeah. was he doesn't care what the answer is he's looking for a reaction and he got exactly what he wanted and that's that, yeah, sure. that's that's what it was at the end of the day that's that's a hundred percent what it was he got a quote from McDavid regarding the being down four one or being up four one or whatever and that's you know at the end of the day I hate to say it because I don't agree with it but he did his job um now for and I get why Frank Saravelli jumped in and like came to the from the top rope yeah it came there from the top from, rope
2: there was something from ryan rashad too like it oh. was it was a big it was a brawl oh rashad got in on it <laughs> yeah wow
1: i just man at a certain point like like twitter has become exactly what elon musk wanted it to become just <laughs> yeah. an absolute free for all um everybody's saying whatever's on their mind and like i was i like i wasn't shocked to see what frank cervelli wrote but i was like I was intrigued to see the fact that he like came out and was just you know he was swinging as well. So, like you guys said, I didn't want either side to win. I wanted to keep going, and it was maybe the most entertaining hockey story of the week, um, aside from William Nylander in Sweden. So, anyways, with that, uh, you guys have anything else you want to add before we close it out here? Nah,
0: um, I'm good.
1: Well, we got a busy, uh, busy week for the Leafs coming up in the next little while here, guys. Um, looking forward to it. Uh, hopefully, some more wins. Hopefully, not no jet lag. Uh, if you're tuning in tonight, we appreciate it. Uh, a Shout out to the NDL House and THPN for continuing to, uh, you know, boost us uh, and help us get through. Um, as always, you can follow myself at Andrew G Forbes. You can follow Alex at A Hobson Media. You can follow Peter at P Barracini, or you can follow the show at sticks in the six pod. That's S T I X I N T H E six I X P O D. You can also follow us on Instagram, TikTok. Make sure you head over to the YouTube channel, hit subscribe. It does help us. It's a huge boost. When we get those subscribers, we are literally 21 away from the century mark. Let's try and get there. Otherwise make sure you check out seat geek when you're looking for any tick, excuse me, tickets throughout the year. Um, use code sticks in the six for $20 off your first purchase. Otherwise, boys, that's all we have here for Sticks and the Six, episode 142. Until next week, Let's go Leafs.